Welcome back to another episode of Startups and Fuckups, a podcast that brings you everything to do with Africa's startup ecosystem recorded out of No Skin House, Kigali. As always, I'm your host, Arnold Quizera, and today we have a very interesting guest. But before we get into the guest, this podcast is powered by BPR Rwanda PLC. The podcast is recorded out of No Skin House, Kigali. So if you want to record a podcast, hit us up. You will meet the amazing, amazing team at Africa's biggest startup hub who will help you beyond just podcast recording now the numbers of the startup ecosystem raising uh, have been released by brita bridges and wow what a year east africa uh, has finally caught up with west africa though there's a global global decline in uh, the amount of money uh, raised by startups so the vc industry is also looking at another another consecutive tough year but startups in the east african community region uh, seem to be swimming against the tide. We'll dive into that in another episode of Startups and Fuck Up. So for today, talking agri-tech, we are here with someone called Cynthia Omutoniwabo. I'm pronouncing your last name properly, right? Yeah, you didn't butcher it. Once, 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 once. I think Jeremata needs to clap for me here because I've been struggling with some of these names. But uh, <laughs> uh, Now, who is Cynthia? Cynthia is uh, the co-founder of a company known as Lupa, and Lupa were the winners of the Hunger Pitch Festival. She's $50,000 rich. Hopefully, we're going to get some of that money in here. Cynthia, Happy New Year, and welcome to Startups and Fuck Ups. Oh, thank you for having me. Cynthia, where do I begin? Where do I begin? Where do I begin? Now, I met you, I think, last year. Yeah. I met you last year. Founders Friday. No skin Founders Friday night. True, true. Uh, I was, in a way, forced to give a tour to Jasiri Fellows. That was fun. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was. I met an amazing, amazing cohort of, of people, right? Yeah. From all over the, you know, East African community region, Kenya, Ethiopia. And uh, Rwanda, yeah. Yeah, and Rwanda, mm-hmm. because it's home. Um, and you are one of, you know, the members of that cohort. Uh, I'm, I'm the biggest fan of Jasiri. I love, 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 love the work that yeah. Jasiri does for the startup ecosystem. Mm. So yeah, uh, our cohort was called Simba. Yes, Simba. Yeah, Simba cohort. Uh, shout out to everyone from Simba cohort. We were, I think, I believe 49 fellows um, from, like you said, Kenya, Rwanda and Ethiopia. Yeah, we made you that, that night. Uh, it was one of the outing we did when we were um, during uh, residential. This is uh, when we like spent three months together in a place just to find solutions and uh, to problems that, that uh, Africa is facing. That feels like school. Uh, no. No, but spending, let me tell you, spending time Ooh. with the same group of people and all your discussions, you know, how to build, how to do the other. Yeah, that feels like school. Well, I think that was beyond school. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, for me personally, um, it changed. It was uh, it changed my uh, entire year being part of Jasiri. It was a lot of uh, uncomfortable and learning, learning, uh, meeting people that are going through the same the same thing, trying to be entrepreneurs. And uh, I don't think I could have done it without being in that space. You know, it's, it's funny that you're mentioning uh, getting uncomfortable and, and learning. So first of all, shout out to Aline, uh, Sherry, uh, Mandine, the whole Jasiri team out there. Mm. They do amazing work, amazing work. I'm a big, big fan uh, of what they're trying to do for uh, East Africa and, you know, getting us that economic empowerment that we need. Uh, But uh, getting into this 
uh, and you're saying it's beyond school. Uh, expound on that. So there's, uh, I think there's one thing about school where like you sit in class, you're just maybe learning. But now we're talking about you practicing what you're learning. Uh, we had to do a lot of research. Um, you go on the ground and you're given um, support to do that. I don't, I don't think there's a lot of places that you even support to be able to do research and understand a problem um, that, people that, are, that, that people are facing in real life. So we're given that support, not only financially, but also coaches, people from different backgrounds, uh, either uh, agriculture, finances, um, different, different areas. So we did, um, we went through different problems as Lupa. Before we became Lupa, there was another name. You're running, you're running, you're running. <laughs> <laughs> sure, 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 sure. But for the experience we had there, um, it was more than class because we had to experience in real life. We had to talk to people. We had to find out like what, what people are really facing in real life. In a previous podcast of, uh, of, of the Startups and Fuck Ups, we interviewed another mm-hmm. person that went through the, you know, the Jasiri cohort. She also went on to win oh, um, yeah. the Hunger Pitch Festival. Peace, Nolly, yes. right? And, mm-hmm. you know, for her, her story was along the lines that she met her co-founder mm. during that cohort. And I think that's one of the beauty of this fellowship. It gets you, it, you don't need to have what we, and I kid you not, I don't believe in this, what we call the entrepreneur born mm. or being born for entrepreneurship. Right. It, it's even if you didn't know you had that muscle, mm. if I look at entrepreneurship just like anything else in the world, right? For people that go to the gym, if if you're trying to grow your bicep, there's stuff you need to do to grow your bicep That's every true. day, right? right? Uh, you need to, you know, do your dibs. You need to do your heavy weight lifting. Hmm. Entrepreneurship is like a muscle. You need to work on it for you to improve it. You need to get information. You need to get access to information. Some do it out of different environments. Some out of not having another plan B. Right. What do you think builds your entrepreneurship muscle? Oh, um, there's this thing we, we, we like to call having a why. And uh, I believe that's what pushes you every day to wake up and then try to build something because you have a why. And your why is different than mine. We don't need to have the same. So that muscle was built personally on my own journey. Um, it was the why that I had, uh, the reason why I wanted to join Chessier in the first place was that why. Um, maybe I, I had talked a bit about it before. I'm a cancer survivor. I'm a mother of two. So I had, uh, I was I given... know that. <laughs> yes, yes. So for me, my why was more about, um, I've been given a second chance to leave. How can I use it appropriately to mean something? Yeah. Uh, so basically you looked at your why as a second chance and you're like, uh, this this thing I didn't do mm. but I would love to do and yeah. I don't want to have any regrets 100%. and, and uh, that thing was entrepreneurship Yeah. when did you get and when did you make the decision to say okay cool this is what's going to be my vehicle to uh, that way um, I think since I was younger I'm, I'm, I've always wanted to do um, I've had this thing about trying to find solutions during, uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm the first born. So you always, uh, responsible for, syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that is a real thing. You're always trying to find efficient way of doing things. 
and that builds that character and that um how can i say it it made me want to do stuff on my own yep yeah so Firstborn syndrome hits you. Uh, oh, yeah. Then you're like, okay, I need to do stuff with my own. I need mm. to build uh, my own company. But again, you need to decide on where to build right. your own company. Because again, you ended up in agri-tech. You ended right. up doing something, not health tech, fintech, which could have been the low-hanging fruit. Exactly. But then you also ended up getting this co-founder and you guys agreed on doing something. What mm. was that journey in the process like? And at which stage during... Uh, maybe the incubation, did you decide that, okay, it's Looper or it's company X that later became Y? Right. So there's one thing Chisiri believes in. You can go far with uh, a co-founder. You can you can build bigger things when you with someone. Um, I actually have two co-founders, Gislain and Dennis. Okay. We all met uh, last year in January when we joined our cohort, which is Simba. And uh, when you go through the process of um, talent investor, you you try to find someone that have the same um, vision or uh, you have the same goals in life. Then you go through a process of finding your own. It's like dating. You go through speed dating. That's how I like to call it. You, you haven't but described now, it any better. Finding a co-founder is like dating. You have it to, is. It is. Ah, yeah, I, I relate. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's like dating. So uh, you're going to be married to this person, to be honest, for a long time. Um, so you have to choose. Um, you have to take your time and choose wisely. So the process was the same. So we were sitting, we would just have discussions because you put it in, in a place where you spend three months. So you have enough time to actually sit down with people in the same room and then talk for hours. It might be personal stuff. You, you can relate on anything. It doesn't matter. For us, we related on different areas, on our visions, goals, where we wanted to get. Um, that's how we ended up with uh, Lupa. Three months, uh, and, and uh, this will be my last question on the Jesseri program. No problem. <laughs> Three months sounds like luxury yeah. to many people, you know, to an aspiring entrepreneur. Your mother of two. Yeah. Three months away from your kids mm. in one place is a lot of sacrifice, right? right? Uh, and to one person, they look at it as sacrifice. Mm. To another person, they look at it as you have the luxury and privilege to be away for three months. How do you um, explain? Or right. I don't think if explain is the right word. Yeah. But uh, how 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 do you describe mm. being in that position? First of all. I'm thankful for a support system that I have. Um, I have parents that was that were able to keep my kids while I was away. They never complained, Granny. No, <laughs> but um, sometimes you have to make decisions uh, looking at the bigger picture. I knew I had to sacrifice something to be able to get um, something in return, which was the entrepreneur. At least a start for me was a start, so I had to mm-hmm. sacrifice that three months. For a bigger picture, and my kids, my kids are still looking at it as uh, not just time away, but mommy want to do something important. So yeah, um, it's hard, but it's doable. And inshallah, if this turns into the millions of dollars that right comes, in, yeah, you know, why not? Why not? <laughs> That's the vision. Let's talk Looper now and right. uh, talk about the direction of Looper. So you and your founders mm-hmm. decide uh, that we are going to, do, you know, make this company and form this company together, right? And that's around the time I actually met you. Yeah. Uh, and I think I met your one of your co-founders. Yeah. 
what said now that we are going to go agritech or did it ever begin actually with lupa no <laughs> where did it begin man like we went through a lot of iteration um we started in healthcare and interesting do you have any yeah. background in that <laughs> no survival hustler exactly that's yeah. that's that's the word um I don't have a background in agriculture either, but the idea is we looked at a problem and we dig deeper in what the problem was. Um, we looked at waste management, uh, fertilizer, soil fertility, all of that. And that's how we ended up with Lupa through the research that we did. It okay. was at the last, uh, the funny thing is like, it was at the last, the third month, the third month of um, the Chisiri, uh Siri in Yamata, talent investor in Yamata, the residential. Um, we were running out of uh, problems because we had went through um, healthcare, like I just said, went through informer sector. We were trying to just answer, you know, problem, like understand the problem people are facing, especially with food security, just different stuff. Um, we went through a visit in Musanze. Um, and we met uh, someone that was doing uh, organic fertilizer because we we're more interested into um, black soldier fly. If you know black, what those are. Uh, they, they produce uh, like yes. worms. No, it's more larvae. So okay. <laughs> they, transform, <laughs> they transform waste, food waste yes. into, into um, proteins yeah. that they feed to chickens and pigs. By protein, you mean worms? <laughs> yes. yeah, those ones. They're, yeah. they're not really worms, but they are worms. <laughs> right. So okay. that, that's that's what we're more interested in. Too. Okay. But then we found because we're more we wanted to do more on the fertilizer part. Okay. We did find that that was not uh it was giving more work to the farmer rather than um Yeah, because okay, organic yeah. fertilizers, uh I'm trying to remember but my biology here. Mm. Uh correct me if I'm wrong. But uh, organic fertilizers are required to be mixed up with something else mm -hmm. because and then they're also not it has been proven they're not good for the soil in the long run organic or inorganic i think you meant inorganic okay okay okay, okay. Inorganic, inorganic fertilizer are the ones that are not good in the long in run the long run okay destroy the soil yep yeah so that's what we thank you <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> But yeah, that's that's what we're trying to actually address. We want to, um, there's a dependency on inorganic because it answers um, the nutrient content right away. Yeah, immediate in, need. In, yeah, immediate need. Yeah. But in the long run, it actually destroys the soil. Okay. So you end up um, having problem with soil acidity. Uh, not, pH levels. Yes, blah, blah, all blah, of that. Yeah. All of that. So as we answering that, uh, we came about like, we did find that there was a lot of waste. Okay. We produce a lot of organic waste, food waste, and we can actually turn that into something that can be beneficial to the soil. Hence the name, Lupa. So it was uh, basically Lupa Africa. Yeah. Okay. 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 That's smart. First of all, that's smart wordplay. Congratulations. But then <laughs> you are venturing out into another lion's den altogether. Because... Mm. If you are moving Lupa to that towards that direction, right, that requires a lot of investment. It does in R and D. Yes, no one. And if you go out there to investors, mm. very few investors have the patient capital mm -hmm. for research and development because right. it's going to take you time to do the proper research, mm -hmm. 
the pH levels of the soils and the, the acidity across, let's say one country, mm-hmm. just Rwanda itself, mm-hmm. they vary. What's in Yamata is different from what's in Yagatare, what's different from Huye, like the different soil types, loam soil, blah, 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 sand soil. Right, like, right. I want, to, okay, I want to know how this works. So, so basically, our product, um, we do vermicomposting and composting. Vermicomposting is... Ah, damn, biology class. Okay, love this. Uh-huh. <laughs> vermicomposting is a compost produced by earthworms. Okay, which are consumers, right? Yes. Okay. So we basically have uh, organic waste. Okay. And then we compost it a bit just to kill, uh, you know, path- bad pathogens. And then we feed it to worms. The end product is a very, it's a nutrient-rich uh, fertilizer. This is better than organic manure, what's being used out there, okay. organic manure. So even though we're still heavy on research and development, because we want it to be um, on, from different crops, from different type of soil, still what you're going to be using before we even perfect what we have is still better than uh, manure, what's on the market. Is that for the short term, long term? Exactly. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, how have you proven it for the long term? So for the long term, we, we're going to be working with... Um, Vermicomposting has, it's a science that has been proven even before in other countries. So okay. it's not, it's not something new. Yeah. So basically you're not rewriting the wheel. No, we're not. So what we're going to do is we're going to make it more efficient using technology. So we're not going to, we want to have quality and consistency in what we're going to be producing. So it's not really starting over and starting from, from scratch, but it's more, how can we make it better and work, work for, for us rather than just bringing a solution from outside. Investing in R&D is pretty, pretty expensive. And, it is. Uh, I just want our listeners to know that uh, Cynthia is one of the most hardworking people. I give you a shout out to that. Uh, I, I, you know, I tend to come in quite early. <laughs> uh, she has tried yeah. to knock me off the road a few times when we are getting to work. She's not the best of drivers. Uh, you shouldn't have said that. Mm. I'm working on that. I'm please, working on that. Please, 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 please. We need to save lives. But you're also, I leave this place quite late as well. Right. And you are also one of the last, easily last five people. Yeah. Well, uh, more often than not, Christmas period, you were here. I was. You know, New Year's almost, you were here. Like, she is working nonstop. You are in the grind more 24-7. And that's something I wanted to talk about, the mindset. Hmm. To know that I need to put in my 10,000 hours right. and it requires you to be here on Saturday. It requires you to be away from family. Hmm. It requires you to spend holidays here just harnessing the craft and making sure that you get this right. What is that journey like? And have you ever felt like giving up? A couple of times. <laughs> couple of times. What kept you running? Well, the why again, the why. Uh, but to be honest, there's a few things I, um, I've learned last year, and that is the hard work pays off. It does pay off. It might not pay off right away, but at the end of the day, the work you put in is going to pay off. So for a startup, there's, you don't have a lot of employees, first of all. You're going to come from administration, from a meeting with CEOs to actually operations. Even if we have a team and we delegate, you're still you know, a small team. So you have to do everything. So sometimes... Uh, the reason why we spend nights and days in here. So you come from finance and then doing accounting to operations to to even the small employees that you have, you have to make sure they... they projections. The projections. So really, if the vision is there, 
and you really believe in what you're doing, even if it doesn't work right away, um, it's going to pay off. But you have to really put in the time. When, you know, you talk about that sacrifice and the need to put in the time mm. uh, for you and waking up every morning, of course, across this journey, across the past 12 months, to be right. exact, uh, there have been heavy, heavy fuck-ups, uh, you know, for you, Ooh. right? And those fuck-ups are things like, uh, it could be you got your financials wrong. It could be your taxes. Oh, it could be <laughs> projections. Like, what are those fuck-ups when you're like, if not, someone else is uh, setting out? I don't want them to go through that. They shouldn't do that or avoid doing that. Yeah. I think there's few, but one of the main one is uh, we really struggled as a team um, at first in the accounting. Uh, you know, knowing you have to get an EBM, you have to account this money here, you have to do this this way. Uh, thank God we have an accounting um, coach. But we had to... You know, we had to learn the hard way. There's a few things we did wrong, um, but then we were able to fix later. Uh, other things I would say, uh, delegating a lot. Sometimes you have to come in again as a team and then sync in information. Or both or three of you are going to be doing the same thing. And then you're not actually moving forward. So those are the few things that we did struggle with just to adjust. You know, knowing how to pay salaries, knowing what... It, it, it was it was a learning a learning journey to be honest um yeah the fuck up are still there <laughs> i'm not gonna lie as it should be yeah things things don't work as uh, especially when you're producing sometimes what you're producing takes longer than you anticipated um a client doesn't pay you on time or and then you're depending on that money things like that so yeah who is cynthia well Beyond being, you know, a mother of two, a cancer survivor, mm. who is Cynthia? A hard worker. Um, I am very optimistic. It's very hard to tell me no, and then I just go don't try anything else. I really believe that there's a bigger vision or bigger things that I need to do um, beyond what I'm, I'm looking at at the moment. There's this thing I read uh, from uh, David Brooks. Mm -hmm. I think I go about this thing every day. I, I, I read it every day, actually. Life isn't about finding ourselves, but committing ourselves to problems bigger than us, to relationships, and to the journey of deepening our souls. Please, please, take, take <laughs> me back. Yeah. Um, life isn't about finding ourselves, but committing ourselves to problems bigger than us to relationships, and to the journey of deepening our souls. You heard it from the horse's mouth. Ladies and gentlemen, let's put our hands together for uh, Cynthia Umtoniwabo. She's the co-founder of uh, Lupa. Listen, we could have gone on this conversation, right. but all good things have to come to an end. And unfortunately, this is our time for today uh, I can say my producer you know she's saying oh, just getting into the groove of it if you want to find this podcast uh, or listen to it please share it I've been your host uh, Arnold Quizera you can follow us across uh, on all those social media platforms uh, this podcast was brought to you by BPR Randa PLC recorded out of Norskin House Kigali please follow Norskin at Norskin East Africa and have a great day